And welcome back to the Something's Brewing Podcast, episode 26, the Mark McLaughlin episode, the Colby Cave episode, the Blake Wheeler episode, the Mike Knubel episode, Glenn Wesley, you could go down the list, there's a lot of 26s uh, in Bruins history, but um, as always, we're back, episode 26, brought to you in partnership with the Black and Gold Productions LLC, you can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. And I'm back here today with an old friend of the show, an old host of the show. Um, Mel is in Florida, as you guys heard last episode uh, for the week. So he wasn't able to make the show. So we got Zach. Zach is back in the building. Your boy is back with tons of apologies to give out. <laughs> if you heard some of the earlier episodes on the show, you know that... Honestly, all of us, we all had bad takes on this team, as did every other fan in Boston. And if you if you said you expected this from this team or you expected them to be leading the Eastern Conference, not only leading the Eastern Conference, but leading the NHL and not only leading the NHL, they're dominating the NHL right now. The overall standings in the NHL is Boston at 78 points. And Carolina in second at 66 points. They're up 12 points on the second place team in the Eastern Conference with the same amount of games played. So there's not even a games in hand excuse. You guys, the rest of the league sucks. Everybody needs to play up to par of the Bruins. But yeah, Zach, if you want to go through some apologies, I know you probably got a lot on your mind right now. Uh, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's a little bit <laughs> of uh, a blank spot in my head for how... Um, for the takes I, I made back in the day, I, I do know that they were incredibly wrong going into this. I uh, know I owe Nick Foligno a, uh, Foligno. Foligno, Foligno, whatever, dude. Spell your name with no G if you want to be called Foligno. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I, I know I owe him an apology. He, he's had quite a um, successful season for us so far. Um, that is a take that I do not feel like was – uh, too outlandish, though, that he was going Dude, to not be good. That's the thing, though. Like, any of these takes really weren't that outlandish. This team has just outplayed all expectations. I don't know. I think maybe all the lightness soul market that I've been that I was given out. In yeah, because <laughs> he was always a good performer uh, last year. But the level he took it to this year, I mean, it's outrageous. And, it, and it's a level that makes you happy. He's still with the team. But dude, um, with that I remember, said, dude, I, rem- I remember people were saying, ship him off to Vegas. Like we got Swayman. It doesn't matter. Like get rid of all Mark trade him now. Well, yeah. And I was kind of cool with that because I, I was saying that exact, that exact uh, narrative that was going on. I was like, you got all Mark. He's cheaper. He's going to be uh, a solid goalie moving forward. And Olmark never did anything to wow you. But with that being said, 
he he was he was good last year. So there's there's no reason to really be surprised that he's having success to the extent that he's having. That that is a little surprising, but yeah, it, it's yeah. it's not as surprising as Felino figuring out how to play hockey again. <laughs> Dude, I swear he's a completely different player. Like right now, Felino, he's um averaging about twelve minutes time on ice. Um he's got <laughs> His shooting percentage too. I mean, it's it's not bad. He's shooting up there thirteen point two percent, plus minus. He's a plus player. He's got let's see here seven goals, thirteen assists, twenty points in forty six games. That puts him on pace for about forty, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, right around that ballpark. And for a fourth liner, like I mean, that's incredible production. And, and he's not even here to have production. He's going to yeah. be like a role player and maybe not a fist fighter, but st- still somewhat of an enforcer out on the ice. So to get yeah. 40 points out of a guy that's playing a role like that, it's huge. It's huge. And um, he, yeah, I mean, he just literally looks like a different guy, dude. They brought him in for his leadership too. You can't forget that. Yeah, no, no. And then um, there's a, there's another... There's another apology. I'm not apologizing. Apologizing to Don Sweeney in that front office that they can okay. they can kiss my ass when it comes to that. Well, <laughs> I will say, moving on from Casty was the right decision. Uh, yeah. So I thought that that might have been, and I still kind of do feel like it was a soft move. Um, but the team responded well. So like, who am I to say that it just because it might have not been like the like a, uh, you know, bear down and grind it out when things get tough uh, type of reflection of the team, It you can't deny the results. I mean, they're literally on a record-setting pace. Guys are responding and putting up production that they never did under Cassidy. And even Dude. the veterans have a new spark, um, you know, to them that, that wasn't there the past season, season and a half. Dude, talking about guys who have gotten who maybe you've got a little more production than you have in years past with Bruce Cassidy. The most is probably Jake DeBrusque and the most noticeable. He's played 36 games. He's got 30 points, 16 goals, 14 assists. So he's playing his best two-way game right now, too. And he's a he hits too. He's got, let's see here. Um he's got 51 hits on the year. That's better than that's that's better than Hampus Lindholm. Um, better than Zaka, better than McAvoy. Um, leader on the team is Polino. Or no, I'm sorry. Leader on the team is Connor Clifton with 130 hits, which is crazy to think about. That little water bug out there is throwing the body that much. Like you would expect someone else to be leading the team in hits. They Connor might Clifton. be. They might be getting generous of those hits tallies. <laughs> Just mark an extra, <laughs> mark an extra one down when he tries. Yeah. No, but but he's really like when you. If you really start to look now when he throws hits, he like catches guys off guard. He just nips them with the shoulder real quick. It's like a quick little jolt and and guys don't expect it either. Nah, but if you want to talk about guys that if you're bringing up names of, of guys that have started to uh, put together some production, whether it's intangible stuff that you don't see in the stat sheet or it is the you know stuff that you do see in the stat sheet. Uh, I think the name that might stick out the most is uh, Frederick. Yeah, I was hoping you were going to say him. I was. Yeah, because he does a lot of that shit that you're not seeing in the stat sheet, which is the he he's dropping the gloves when you have to, and whether you know he puts in a good fight or not, he's still dropping them. Like there's someone's going to always have to answer the bell when he's on the ice if they do something stupid. Now, um, again, I mean that was a first round pick. 
do you really want your first round pick to be kind of turning into an enforcer? No. So that's, but whatever you, you got the cards you get, right. You get the hands that you dealt and you, yeah. he's, he's on the roster. So you have to make uh you have to make something of him and he, He's, he's not disappointing. I'll put it like that. And honestly, too, even if he was a first round pick, he was a later pick. Sometimes those don't even hit. And just for him to be having this much of an impact this year, I would say it was even worth the pick. And like you said, too, with him being on the ice, the other guys on the other team know if they do something stupid, they're going to have to answer to Frederick. And then on the other hand, too, you have A.J. Greer playing that role. And he's like he's a uh, like an electric rod to this team when he scores. The garden gets hyped. The fans get hyped. The team gets hyped. He's just that guy. He's almost kind of like a, in a Sean Thornton role, but less of an enforcer like, but when he scores, it's the same feeling. It's like, Oh my God, he just put that in. Like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a buzz around his name, like a buzz that might be, that doesn't necessarily isn't as warranted as the production. Right. Like I feel like he's one of those guys that gets hyped up more than what he actually does on the ice. Like you said, you know, he scores, the crowd goes wild and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's a good story. It's definitely a good story to have a guy like that on the team. Um, Speaking of you kicking this episode off with the Mark McLaughlin episode, it will be interesting to see. Um, I know he got called up with some of the injuries that have happened in the last week or two that, uh, He's not making any lineups or anything like that right now, but you know, he had a pretty good, uh, you know, preseason and and he was a surprise send down. So maybe he does, you know, do, do something up here with the time that he's given and the opportunity that he's given. And we saw him too last season. I mean, when he came up, he didn't look out of place. Uh, He was good defensively. He, he actually produced, at a uh, he produced offensively at a pretty dis- decent pace, and people are going to point out his Providence Bruins stats right now. He's he's not lighting it up in any means, um, but they sent him down there to work on his two way game. They didn't send him down there to be this massive point producer, um, playing you know power play minutes or whatever. I'm I'm sure he is a little, but the main reason they sent him down was to work on his two way game, and right now Mark McLaughlin. Um, let's see here. I don't see they, you know what? They probably pulled him up to the Bruins roster. So he's not on the Providence website, but I know he wasn't producing at any crazy rate and people were kind of getting upset about that, but that's not what he got sent down there for. He got sent down there to work on his two way game. And obviously they're happy with what they've been seeing in terms of development in that aspect of his game. But now he gets to show what he's been working on all season up in Boston. You know, opportunities like this are huge, especially right before the trade deadline. If if McLaughlin can prove him, almost like Copenin is doing right now. They brought in Copenin. Um, he's been playing that fourth line, um, those fourth line minutes well. Uh, if you were watching the game tonight, the Montreal game, you saw him on the PK. He actually knocked the puck loose off of the um, Montreal goalie, Montembeau behind the net and then cleared the puck up. Zaka picks it up and he gets a grade a unbelievable shorthanded chance. He didn't score on it, but the chance was unreal. Um, so you liked it's, it's good to see these guys who are in your system playing minutes with the, with the team in Boston and playing vital roles showing that, okay, yeah, maybe you can rely on these guys for depth as the season goes on and it changes your angle at the trade deadline. Maybe you don't go after that winger depth guy. Maybe you go for a defensive depth guy, which is what I think they should do. Speaking of trade deadline, and now that we got 
a few of my apologies out the way. I do want to say, all the way back in the summer, I said Bruins and I'm Pat Kane, and it, it's still it it might not be as strong as it was, but at some point in the season, there is some real traction on the Pat Kane to the Bruins, which yep. like. Again, play it out with now that you see how the lines are. You get a guy. I know a lot of people don't want him, and they want him for some other different reasons. Um, you know, the all the dirt that has ever put onto his name, he was been cleared of. So I don't really care for all of this and like the Kyle Beecher stuff and, and that hazing. It didn't sound like he was someone that was really a part of anything malicious with there. I mean, sure, like the whole locker room may have been, uh, you know insensitive to it but like i don't really know if i don't really know if those guys had the full story either right like i don't think that's reflective of really the who the person is because besides the like that incident he was cleared of whatever trouble he got himself in in buffalo like 10 years ago 15 years ago found that like so i think the narrative on him being like a douchebag is a little bit overplayed so yeah, I, I don't agree. think he's going to come into this locker room and be and be some you know cancer that uh, people are talking about. So you get him right now. You have you got Bergeron and Martian on the first line playing with the Brosque when all when everything's healthy. Then you have uh, you got Krejci and Martian on your second line, and then you have a third line at Taylor Hall and Pat Kent. Like mm-hmm. if that if you pull the trade off, right? I'm just saying if you pull the trade, like name me a fucking. Uh, a third line that is that good uh, even dude even right now in the nhl they're they're the best third third line you got taylor hall on your third line taylor dude, hall is on your third former dude, mvp third line is taylor hall charlie coyle and pat kane if you pull this trade off and then now you're talking like maybe not even necessarily rest days for your older veterans like bergeron and Krejci, but you can rely heavily on that third line and play it the same amount of minutes that you would play a first or a second line. So now maybe during the downstretch of the season, instead of having guys completely take nights off and getting, um, you know, more rusty than if they just played a, uh, you know, shortened amount of time in the game, right. Instead of playing 18 to 20 minutes on the ice, you play, 13 to 15 and you can you can offset it by having a heavier load on your third line because like that usually your third line isn't someone that you can roll out on the ice for that long but if you have that one with coil um kane and, and hall you're comfortable leaving them out there for that long oh 100 i do think the best place for kane to go right now though is buffalo can you imagine if he goes to buffalo He's got, they got the assets it to makes, do it. They got it the cap makes, space to do it. He's going home. Well, you got to realize assets don't matter with him. It's the same thing. Assets don't matter with uh, when we made the Taylor Hall uh, trade because he's going to pick where he goes. So if he if it's ultimately down to that he wants to go to Buffalo, he's going to Buffalo, and Buffalo knows that. And they're again, they're going to be able to like you say assets. They can you know pay pennies on the dollar for a guy like that because he's getting into control where he's going. It's the exact reason Hall came here for practically nothing because he yeah. was only going to come to Boston. So ultimately, yeah, it comes down to where does Pat Kane want to play? If it's Buffalo, he's going to Buffalo. If it's Boston, he's going to Boston. As long as there's interest on the other end. Yeah. So, um, but I do want def- defense. Like if, like we've talked about. Yes, yeah, you yeah. Don't yeah. win a cup without having three guys that could be on the first line. 
No, you need defensive depth. And especially when you're looking at this team right now, though, with the way that they are and the way that they are health-wise, you got a guy, Brandon Carlo, who great, great defenseman. He, you don't you don't rely on him offensively. He's a great defenseman at the back end. He's very reliable. The only thing that he's not reliable with is his health. This guy is made of glass. He gets hurt every, 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 every month. I swear to God. And with his concussion I mean, his history, brain's pudding right now. Right. Yeah. With with his concussion history, um, you can't plan and rely on him to have a fully healthy playoff run. You need to get depth for him. And that depth can be found in Luke Shen in Vancouver. That's that's who you go after, in my opinion. See, but I feel like Shen's another depth piece. Like when he he was the one that was on Tampa, right? A few years ago when they won the cup. Yep. They weren't treating him like uh, a, a rotational guy. He was like a seventh defenseman for them. So I, I, I want us to get someone. And I don't know the trade market for defensemen right now. I don't it's think not, it's, it's too hot. hot. It's yeah, not hot I don't right think now. It's that good. So, yeah. yeah, maybe that is the name that you have to bring in because maybe that's the best guy that's available right now. So, sure, do that. But yep. if you can, like, I don't mind going all in with this team and giving up a guy like, um, uh, why am I trying to blame Fabian Lysel? Yeah, Lysel. I don't mind giving up a guy for like, so, like Lysel if you can get me a guy like you got Lindholm. Right. Like get me, mm-hmm. get me a real stud of a defenseman that you can put on this team. And I don't even care if it's a rental or like, I don't want to hear people talking about next year. Right. Like, let's just talk about this year. Like this yeah. year you got, you got everything in place to make the run. You don't know who's going to be back next year. You don't know who's going to perform this well next year. And even if there is next year, that might, that's probably it. Right. So just go all in this year. I don't care for what Lysel might do for this team five years from now. Get me, get me a, if you can, I'm not saying that there's a guy like this out on the market, but if you can go get me a guy like Lindholm with the prospect like Lysel, do it. Okay. So you're more on the, on the side of the fence where you, you put all the chips in everything you got and you go get a, a difference maker to add to this already insane lineup. Instead of instead of if it's on defense, I don't because I don't okay. think you need it on offense. Like I don't think you need to go get uh you know some stud. Uh, like I know people are talking about Horvat. I was just gonna say that I was gonna ask you, you don't about need you don't need that. You you already have three you know centers. You got the best third line center in the league. He can't play second line center, first line center that well, but he's the best third line center in the league. And then. Coil. Don't talk to yeah, and don't talk to me about getting Horvit because you know now you got a guy for the future. He's a free agent soon, anyways, from what I hear. After this, and season. yeah, okay, yeah, cool. So getting him doesn't really do anything unless you're going to offer him a contract. Maybe just offer him a contract in the off season if that's what you want your future plan to be. Save that, save that capital that you have, those trade chips that you have to go and get a, a defenseman. Like that's what you need. Like. Grizzlick and Carlo are fine players, but like if if you look at look at a majority of the cup teams in the last fifteen years, and they have three guys that are on that on the D line that could all be ones, and so yep. either they separate them with all three lines have a number one defenseman, or one line gets two of them, and that's just a stacked line. That's what you need, and that's what I would give up picks uh, and prospects to get. 
Yeah, I'm just, I don't know. So if you could sign and trade Horvat, would you do it? Because that does set you up in case David Krejci no. retires, Bergeron retires. You what am I giving that? up for it? What am I giving up for it? You would probably, it starts with Lysel. So it would be Lysel, probably no. a pick, and then I two or three players. No, because again, I think you could, I, I don't care for what Lysel can do for me in five years. So I'm not saying keep Lysel because he's better than Horvid or I just think if you hold on to Lysel, you're probably going to get something more impactful for the team. Even if it's in the off season, and I, and now I'm kind of contradicting myself because all of a sudden I'm talking about next year, but like if Horvitz going to be a free agent after this off season or it going into this off season, just sign him then because there's really no need for him with the way the roster is now. So play it out with the guys that you have now, and then if Krejci is leaving in this off season, go sign Horvat to not take that second line center spot. Plus the other thing that I'm thinking of is obviously, you know how tight knit this locker room is right now. So who are you taking out? If you, if you do get a forward, who are you taking out? Are you taking out, you're not taking out Felino. Like, do you want to, do you want to take Frederick out? No, we were just talking about how great he's playing. Well, probably. Well, that's another reason why center probably doesn't fit on this team. But if you were to go get a winger, you're probably, if you're getting a winger that's making a difference, you need to make money match, and you're probably sending Craig right. Smith out, which is fine. Now you yes. just swap. Now you just plug Craig Smith in. Whoever is coming, you plug in where Craig Smith's playing. So, like right now, Craig Smith's on the first line because DeBrusque is out. DeBrusque comes back. Now that third line spot has Frederick that you could bump out down to the fourth line, and you could fill that third line spot with whoever you brought in as a winger, yeah. but there's no room for another center. That's the thing that I was thinking of too, with this Horvat, this whole Horvat um, rumor mill. It's where are you going to play him? Are you going to put him on the wing for, for this season, for the rest of the season? I don't know. Like, uh, I'm, I, I'm just, I don't I, think again, like I just don't see any need for forwards on this team right now. Well, I do see a need for a defenseman. Like, are you extremely confident in that line of Clifton and Forbert? I'm not. Yes, I am. They they play so well together. That's what I'm saying too. Like, this is why I don't think you have to. You're telling me that, like, anybody. I know that they're doing really well right now. But you're telling me when we get into a big grinding seven game series, you trust those two for for seven games, game over game. You know, once people start getting familiar with them, like, because I'm not taking anything away from them, and I'm not taking away from the fact that they've had good seasons so far. I'm just saying, guys like that have been that caliber of player for most of their career for a reason. Yeah, I mean, you can make the argument, but the way that, like, like I just said, like Clifton's leading the team in hits right now. He's playing that kind of brutal defenseman role, and he can also move the puck too. I mean, I know he doesn't like to be called Cliffy Hawk anymore. He's Connor Clifton plays hockey now. He's he's re he's rebranding his game. It's kind of. No, kind of crazy like, to see play like, out in real time. <laughs> like you just said, he's a smaller guy, right? So he, he might he might be leading the team in hits, but like, like where, where's the where's the nerdy analytics on that? How hard are those hits, right? Oh. <laughs> what's the what's the impact on those? Like, <laughs> like is it really like over a seven game series? Is the you know, you know fourth fourth line of the opposing team getting worn out by Connor Clifton hits. 
I mean, it depends, but we actually talked about that on the last show too. I hate analytics, dude. I don't know how you feel about them when they, when you see the graphs with all the blue and the red and it's like, I don't follow uh, hockey stats enough to be affected by uh, hockey analytics, but I can tell you like from an absolute um, baseball, the, I don't know what the right word is. I know baseball very well, and I know the ins and outs of how the game should be played and like what players are good players and what players are bad players. Yeah. And you can get a fucking bunch of bad players cropped into the good player category by data analytics. And it's just yes. like, that's not the case, dude. It's like they they send out a false narrative. It's the whole yeah. reason why Heim Bloom has put us into this shit position because he just sits there and he's looking at speed. Like I'm not even like mocking him right now. He truly looks at like exit velo, spin rate on the ball, launch angle, uh, bat pip, like stupid stuff like that, and tries to justify like, well, he's a 210 hitter right now, but the data says that he should really be a 265 hitter with some pop. And you're like, yeah. How did that work out? Franchi Cordero? Like, that's the Dude. same exact thing that I bet's happening in hockey. And I yeah. know it's going to be happening. I know eventually it's going to start happening in football. Like, if you look at the Chargers and Brandon Staley, that's the reason why that team's never going to go anywhere because that guy doesn't make a fucking decision yeah. without pulling out the Excel spreadsheet. Well, no, exa- no, and that is my exact point, is that people are losing the ability to just gauge a player based on their natural instincts. Like does this, is this player, do you trust him when he's on the ice? How's the eye test looking? Like, does he look good when he's out there? Do you trust him when he's out there? There's a whole lot of mental things that go into it as well. You can't just look at numbers and, and data points and stuff like that to gauge a player. That's just not how it works. It, Cause it's not, it's, I guess you could say it's consistent, but at the end of the day, it's just numbers and data. Like, how does this player react in certain situations? You're not going to be able to measure that out. How does this player act under pressure? You're not going to be There's able to measure that out. such a human element to things that yes. they, they don't factor in. And I think the best way that you could uh, uh, express the human element compared to the uh, analytics of, uh, you know, the data the closing position in baseball. Like yeah. there's so many guys that are unbelievable bullpen arms, like just filthy fucking stuff. And they are some of the most unhittable pitches that you've ever seen. And they know how to work their pitches and they know how to command them and stuff, but they can't leave that seventh or eighth inning role because if they pitched in the ninth inning, they would absolutely piss their pants. And then right. there's guys in there that just fucking get it, man. Like, yeah, it's all Kimbrel's one of them, too, in the opposite sense. Like if Kimbrel ever came in in a non-save situation, he would get shelled. But if he knew he had to win the game, he would come in and just shut that team down. Yeah. And again, I don't understand the analytics of hockey. I don't really know what you would look for, but I guarantee you there are players that um, aren't being measured on that, that intangible that it, it really just comes from the inside of a person and not what they're putting on the field. Yeah, no, it's literally all mental. And and I think people are starting to lean way too much on analytics and it's kind of screwing teams over. But um, so last episode, we left off recapping the Rangers or uh, yeah, the Rangers game. So I wanted we have just two games quick to cover. Um, it's the Sharks game and tonight's Habs game. Um, Sharks came into Boston. Bruins won four nothing. Um, 
It was it was like a power play all game. I mean, the Bruins just dominated the entire time. Um, it's kind of exactly what you expect when you play a team at you know the lowest of caliber like the San Jose Sharks, an absolute trash bag organization at the moment. Um, but Linus Linus Allmark started that game, 17 save shutout. Hampus Lindholm with a nasty little toe drag to to uh, open the scoring in the first period. McAvoy then with a almost you know, a goal of the year candidate. Uh, he went through the defenseman and just put the puck between the legs and had a nice little move on Reimer. Um, check that goal out. If you haven't seen it yet, it was nasty. Um, Nick Foligno with a goal and pasta with the fourth goal of the game, his 36th of the year in that game, he scored the empty net tonight. So he's at 37 now, but then the, then tonight Boston went into Montreal, went into the bell center. Um, Swayman got the start. He made 20 saves on 22 shots. He's been playing better lately. Tonight, he was okay. I mean, he, the rebounds looked kind of rough, but all around, good game. He got the win. Uh, Kirby Doc opened the scoring for Montreal. Then Taylor Hall scored. David Krejci in the third period to take the lead. And then actually Doc got another one. Talk about someone Chicago probably wishes they had still. Um, but then Bergeron late in the third period puts the Bruins back up on top and then pass with the empty net. Uh, so Bruins moved to 37-5-4 and four on the season. They got the Lightning, the Panthers, the Hurricanes, and then the Leafs. So a quick little four-game stretch before the All-Star, game, the All-Star break hits. And they're still rolling. Um, but I, I, I want to ask you, who's a bigger rival right now, Montreal or Toronto? Just, I already have my answer, and I think it's obvious, but I want to hear your opinion. Between those two? Oh, it's Toronto. It's Toronto, yeah. And it, it probably has been, honestly. I always go decades. by relevancy, dude. Like, yeah. I've always find uh, rivalries to be more about relevancy, right? Yeah. Like, yep. Because if you're not really affecting my day, my hatred for you is unnoticed, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like that. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and not that Toronto is really affecting our day in terms of when we play them. We kind of are their big brothers still. Oh, yeah. Um, Big time, but they're they're always there. They're always a threat. They're always at the top of the standings. Um, you know, so yeah, and they just they they produce and Montreal doesn't right now. But I will say Montreal in the last like week and a half or two weeks have they've been playing some good hockey. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, dude, you saw tonight. They, they we almost lost to them. They played a great that, game tonight. They played us and hard. Caulfield's out for the year, so we'll see how that um affects them. But I mean, they hung with us. Like I think that they're much better than how many points that they have. Uh, yeah. And I think that that's a team that could actually get hot going down the stretch as long as they can survive the whole Cole Caulfield thing. But uh, you know, the way that they played tonight shows that they can. Um, yeah. So and. With that being said, um, you know though my big I think the biggest rival right now is uh the lightning. You lightning still, or the hurricanes. You still think so? I was it's gonna the say the hurricanes are sneaky up there too. The hurricanes are sneaky up there. Like those guys have been fucking taking our lunch money the last few seasons. So yeah. I would say those are the guys that are problems. Like I know a couple of years ago we did just embarrass the um the the hurricanes on the way to that cup. Mm-hmm. But uh the one that we lost to St. Louis, but uh, other than that, they, they have been kind of a pain in our ass. And I mean, again, the Dude, they, I mean, they knocked us out of the playoffs last season. Um, 
Svechnikov obviously laid that huge hit on Lindholm, giving him the concussion at the end. Um, there, there, there is some history there too, and, and there's a chance we meet them in the playoffs again this season. I mean, they're leading, they're leading their division right now. Um, what was so, our aggregate goal total to them last year? Wasn't it like seventeen to one? I, I yeah, we were we would get smoked by them. Yeah, it, I, it wasn't I, good. I know. I'm just saying. Like, so honestly, if you want to go, it's all about recency. It might be the Hurricanes. <laughs> they have definitely been a problem for us. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Hurric. Honestly, if they were in our division right now, we would despise them. We would hate them so much. Yeah, don't get me wrong. If the if the, if all things are equal, like every single team in the NHL was just playing great hockey and was grinding out series with us, I would definitely hate the um, the Canadians the most because there's there's just that like uh, bloodline hatred for them that yeah it, that's instilled in you as a Bruins fan. But yep. they're not a problem right now, so I don't even think of them. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Definitely 1A, 1B rivalry, Canes and Leafs right now. And you can put them in any order you want because you just think about the Leafs. Like, I'm sure you can name like three or four guys that just come to your mind right off the bat. Like we were talking about earlier, relevancy. Like, like could you even name three or four guys on the Habs right now? Probably not. Probably Suzuki, not. Off the top. And I yeah. don't even know what his first name is. <laughs> yeah, like literally. Like there's Cole nobody Caulfield's on that team. and Suzuki are like the only names I know. Yeah, and and they're not guys that you hate either. Like back in the day, like you had PK Subban. He just grinded everybody's gears the wrong way. Patch you had Reddy. Light Patch Reddy, Reddy. but he is a good player. Yeah, uh, Brendan Gallagher. Uh, yep. If you're going way back in the day, you had guys like Travis Moen, Roman Hammerlick, um, Alexi Emelin, guys like that. And and right now, that's just not there for you. But if you go and look on the other side with Toronto. You got Michael Bunting, you got Austin Matthews, you got Mitch Marner, who's kind of a little prick. Um, you got Jake Muzzin. Matt Murray's over there now, right? Matt Murray's over there. And then and then same thing. You go to Carolina, Sebastian Ajo is that little skill guy. Uh, no, but you know what about, I actually like the guys that play for the uh, Hurricanes. They yeah. just suck and kick They're their not asses, So that's annoying. Yeah, yeah. Like, I actually like I don't like the guys that play for it. The, the Leafs, like I kind of think Austin Matthews is a little bit of a twat. Um, the, I don't know. Find me when Team USA plays, I might like him again. But for now, yeah. <laughs> uh, for now, not a big fan of him. And um, yeah, like Bunting and, and those guys are just annoying. Marner, um, the, yeah, just annoying little pains in the asses. But yeah, you go to the other side of the Hurricanes, respect the hell out of them as far as the way that they play. But the um, rivalry because they just keep beating us. Yeah. Um, so we're probably about halfway through the show right now. So I think it's a good time to remind everybody just who we are sponsored by. And that is the amazing Candle Wellness Company. Candle Wellness offers you four distinct experiences for the different challenges you may face throughout the day. Can of Sleep, Can of Mend, Can of Fresh, and Can of Boost. It's the trusted brand for sports, fitness, and wellness households. With over 50 vitamins, nutrients, and herbal extracts in four compact sprays, it's the most convenient way to get back on track with no pills, water, or messy powders. 
90% of nutrients in these oral sprays are absorbed in less than 30 seconds. It's like an entire health food store in your pocket. It is endorsed by Olympians, NHL players, and pro sports stars who, who rely on the Canada Wellness Company to support high performance. Zach, let's talk about each product. Yeah, Cannabis. Cannabis allows you to skip the coffee and sugary snacks and energize the healthy way. Use daily before you work out, when studying for an exam, and other times you need increased clarity, stamina, and concentration. Canamen provides the after-party liver support and works fast to relieve hangovers in the morning after drinking. This unique oral spray supplement is blended with 11 vegan vitamins and herbal extracts to replenish your body to combat headaches, sickness, and lack of energy. Canna Fresh reduces stress and gives your body an immune system boost. Whether you're nervous for a presentation or need to calm down after a hectic day, the 11 natural and vegan ingredients in Canna Fresh take the edge off without making you tired or unmotivated. Canna Sleep, this all natural and vegan sleep aid is convenient and fast absorbing. No mixing beverages, no waiting for gummies to kick in, just spray, roll over, and snooze. Control your dosage on how much you sleep on how much sleep you need. If you want to try these amazing Canna Wellness all natural oral sprays, please go to canna-wellness.com, C-A-N-I-wellness.com, and use our promo code BNG25. That's BNG25 to get 25% off everything on the cannawellness.com website. We thank Canna Wellness for sponsoring this episode and our weekly Boston Bruins related podcast. Sick. All right. So I wanted to go through this with you. So if the playoffs ended today, if the playoffs ended today, the Eastern Conference matchups are unbelievable. So you'd get Bruins in Pittsburgh in the first round. You get Washington and yeah, Carolina. Fan too, right? In that <laughs> in this in the crew deck. I'm actually I'm reverse jinxing them right now. Actually, no, I'm yeah. jinxing them. I'm reverse jinxing the Bruins. But you got Washington, Carolina, and then you got New Jersey, New York, as in the Rangers. Um, and then you got Toronto, Tampa. And talk about a team in Toronto that ha- is going to have another tough first round matchup in Tampa Bay. So, with the Bruins playing Pitt, how does how do you see that series going? Ah, we should take that. I mean, to be honest with you, I. <laughs> I don't see us running into any problems until we get to. I feel like at some point we'll line up with um, uh, the Lightning, and I yep. just I still don't trust the way that we play in the playoffs against those guys. Um, but that that might not be the case um, this year. But with the Pittsburgh, I don't see any issues at all. They're they're an aging team. Um, Jari's kind of a bitch, so I can kind of see. Yeah, he is. Like, yeah, <laughs> he is. Yeah, he is. So he's I on it. He's on our bitch list. He's on our bitch list. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I can see him pissing down his leg <laughs> when the moment gets big like that, facing a team that's as good as the Bruins are. Um, so yeah, I don't see us right any issues there. I mean, obviously they still got Malcolm, they still got Crosby. Right. Um but and you saw too during the winter classic, they did play us close, but you can only put so much stock into that. I mean, that's not a regular game. You're playing outside, the ice might be a little weird. Who knows other aspects? I mean, there's also a reason why they're the last team in the playoffs, right? Right. Yeah, they're that they're that last wild card spot in which, right now, I mean, they're they're putting. I mean, actually, the second the second wild card team right now in the chase is Buffalo, and they're only three points back. So it's Buffalo could make playoffs, and they could run into the Bruins. It's it's most likely either Florida, Buffalo, or Pitt right now. Potentially Washington as well, um, but. 
me and Mel, we both said Boston in six if we end up getting Pitt. You got to give Pitt a little bit of respect with with Crosby and Malkin, Gensel too. They still got Latang on the back end. Back, I can see five too. Yeah, I'd take him at five. Uh, if, if as long as the team stays healthy, right? Yeah, that's the big if, part. I I don't need to give the caveat of oh, as long as we're hot going in the playoffs, because I mean, it, yeah. I, that's kind of a cop out, but as long as, a, we're healthy, as long as we're healthy and we got this this roster that we currently have going in, and we don't lose too many key players or any key players, I think that's in five. Yeah, I can see that. Now, now, all right, Toronto, Tampa. I'm taking Tampa, dude. I still have so much respect for that Tampa team. I know yeah. people have kind of gotten. Uh, you know, less impressed with them, but they still got who I think is the best goalie in the league. And yeah. they, they still got a bunch of stud players. Like Stamkos is still there. Kucherov. Um, Kucherov's still there. Point's still there, right? Hedman. Hedman. You know, yeah. The, like, the guys they, they lost in the offseason, they lost McDonough and Andre Palat. That's McDonough. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Has McDonough still been good? I know he was really yeah. good for them. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he a big loss. I don't know if how much Palat's really a loss in the comparison to McDonough, but yeah. they still they still have a stud roster, and they're experienced too, and they know exactly what they're getting themselves into. Like they, like they're, they're experienced. Goalie's like a quarterback, dude. A really good goalie can make up for a lot of other problems on your team. Yeah, and they have that guy, and you exactly. know he's ready for the playoffs. He he knows what he's walking into. He you you already know he's. Uh, I'll see Vasilevsky losing to Matt Mary, no. like that. Yeah, that's that'd be like Tom Brady losing to Geno Smith. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like a goalie can steal you a series if you run into a hot Actually, goal wait, in the playoffs. Did Matt Murray win a cup for them? I could be really talking out of pocket there for a second. I think didn't Matt Murray win a cup for the Penguins? He did. But yeah. I mean, but it wasn't anything close to a run like Vasilevsky's had or stats like Vasilevsky has had. Yeah, he still got it though. Uh, he does still have that. He does that, still have that. That is that is uh that is me kind of just talking out the side of my mouth. But again, I'll still <laughs> say I don't see him losing to a guy like Matt Mary. Yeah. And then all right, so say like Tampa. Especially wins. when he has the Toronto fucking curse on the him curse. Now. Well, that's the other thing, too, is if Toronto really does lose to Tampa in the first round again, they can't get out of the first round. Like, what? Like, there is some, there's a hex going on them. They'd right have now. to it's move crazy. Toronto to like Oklahoma City, right? <laughs> Just move the whole team. franchise. <laughs> move the whole franchise. Oh, uh, I heard Houston wants a team. But so say, say Tampa does move on, right? And the Bruins get Tampa. How does, how is that playing out in your head? Then I state that we go to seven. Like I said, yep. I still think just like Toronto can't get out the first round. We can't bounce the lightning out of the playoffs. Mm-mm. They're such a tough team. And it's, it's, it's gone back to 2011. We played them in 2011 in the Eastern conference finals. And they took that seven two in that unreal game seven. I think it was a one, nothing game. Um, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, you could potentially see, there's a real chance that Toronto doesn't make it out of the first round again. And as like, as fans of this team and honestly, NHL fans as a whole, like if we saw that again, everybody would be clowning on them online. It would be the funniest day ever. And it's, they just can't catch a break. I mean, I don't think it's a break, dude. I think they're just a bunch of fucking pussies. Mentally soft. Yeah. I like it. When it happens year over year over year, 
It's something for about the decades. DNA of the team. For yeah, decades. It's something about the DNA of the team. It's not, oh, we can't catch a break. Like, come on. Like 13, you never should have lost 13. You never should have let us win that game. Nope. That's not that's not catching a break. That's you not having a not being strong enough to close a game out. Yeah. And um um with Toronto too, it's I mean, they have the guys. They have Austin Matthews. They got Mitch Marner. They have that talent up front. They they don't have really a reliable goalie. Uh, but yeah, it's kind Tavares. of insane. They still have Tavares, yeah. That's the thing, too. A lot of their money is locked up on those front three guys, Marner, Tavares, and Matthews, and then they don't really have room for much else. Um, but... Yeah, you could potentially see a Bruins Lightning in the second round. You could potentially see Bruins Leafs second round, but probably not. If Toronto loses one more first round playoff, they get relegated for the Worcester Railers. <laughs> they honestly, Worcester would probably have better playoff success than them. Worcester um, gets the call up. <laughs> Worcester, Worcester gets the call up up to the NHL. They just delete Toronto, give all the funds to Worcester. Um, but uh, yeah, I I do want to. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter show because it's already pretty late. It's almost eleven o'clock here. Um, we both have work in the morning. But I do want to. I do want to kind of give a shout out to this person, um, longtime friend, um, one of my best friends growing up. Uh, his mom actually has her own company. She makes dog collars for, or you know, any kind of collar for your pets. Um, with or people, we don't care. Or people, shame. yeah. Or people, <laughs> hey, whatever you're into, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, she makes collars for for animals. They got they got prints on them. They got the Bruins prints. They got Sox prints. They got Celtics prints. Patriots prints. Any kind of prints you want. Um, look them up. They're Clovers Charm collars, and they're awesome. Um, you can find them on Etsy.com and just search up clover clover's charm collars and and it'll pop right up they're awesome you should check them out which one um, is this are we allowed to drop legal names on here or um tell me off i can say his name val val's val's mom oh. yeah, yeah 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 so check that out um yeah um any closing thoughts zach any more apologies that you can think of um yeah one actually did pop in my head when we were going through this in the middle for a second oh no I don't have an apology I still just fuck you people that think Rascal's a good goalie <laughs> that's that's you know what we were talking about last episode and cool. now I actually now I need your opinion on this and let me let me just pull up his um his his records just for reference really quick so I'm not talking out of turn um Matt Murray it's, and Jordan Bennington have more cups than him as a starting goaltender. Let's just talk about that. <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, that's a fact. Mel was trying to tell me last episode that Tuca won a cup, and I was actually like, no, 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 no. Thomas won that cup. Um, let's see here. Okay. And again, I think we talked about it on the show. Do you want to know why Tuca can never win a cup? Why? Because it came from the Maple Leafs. <laughs> um, all right. So... Tuka Rask is the all-time franchise leader for Bruins um, in games played at 564. Second is Tiny Thompson at 468. Um, let's see here. Goals against Tuka Rask is sixth. 
Well, okay, honestly, no. Tuka Rask is second in goals against average. Um, he's at two uh 2.28 for a career for his career. Number one is Tiny Thompson at 199. Tuka Rask's save percentage is second all time at 0.921. Uh wins Tuka Rask is number one at 308. Second is Tiny Thompson at 250 252. Uh, let's see here. And he's made more saves than any goalie in Bruins history. He's made 14,345 career saves. Do you retire to number? Yeah, I think you have to. Okay. Like, I'm not, I don't sit here say that I think Tukarask is a, like, like I don't think I ever said he was a bad goal. I know I just said like fuck you guys. I think he's. A bad goal. <laughs> I just don't think he's as good as everyone wanted to talk him up to be because like he always blew it when it counted. But th- that doesn't mean he wasn't a fantastic goal in his career. Here he was. He's he's yeah. a Hall of Famer for sure. He's definitely one of the best goalies of his generation. He just didn't have that it factor, right? Like you know who he is. He's an analytics like uh, golden child of a goalie. But he just didn't. He just didn't have that gene that's inside that you can't get measured that closes out games. But as far as being a Bruin and getting your number retired, absolutely, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He can take it another step further. He's he's ridiculous the, the stuff that he's done. Yeah, that's it, interesting because I actually said no. <laughs> really, you don't think it's? Ah, oh yeah, he'll get his number retired because well, he's well, going to go. Dude, he's gonna go about- to the Hall of Fame, dude. And if he goes to the Hall of Fame, you, it's not that you don't retire. You gotta think about that, right? He played his whole career here, and he's in the Hall of Fame. He's going to get his number retired. Think though. Think about that era, the core of that era. How many, how many numbers can you retire from that era without it being a little, um, you know? Have you seen the Celtics banners handed in the garden? Yeah, they- there's too many. There's too many. <laughs> The fucking team won 11 championships in like 12 years. Exactly. 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 The Bruins never won a cup with Tuca. So I don't think. Okay. All right. Hang on. Let me just say this. So here's the guys that are going to get the numbers retired. You definitely got Bergeron right off the rip. You got Char off the rip. Yeah. Those are, those are uh, like hands down going to happen. Shoe-ins. You probably, if Pasternak plays his whole career here and he trends the way he is, he's going to end up being a Hall of Famer, so he'll get his number retired. But I would even argue Pasternak was kind of after that core. Like Pasternak's his own generation. He played with them. They, their times aligned, but um, he wasn't it's fun, part it's of actually, It's funny you say that because I, I agree. Like the Chara core, he was not a part of. Yeah, but he's exactly. a part of this Bergeron captaincy core, and it's kind of the same with McAvoy. So in the future, McAvoy and Bar- I don't know if McAvoy gets his core. number retired here, though. Like I think he's a very, very good player. I don't yeah. see him putting up stats yet right now that say Hall of Fame. Uh, the way that Pasternak's scoring goals, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So Pasternak gets his number retired, but let's call him into a different core of it. So okay. I don't think Krejci does. Um, we were debating that too. I don't think Krejci does. And I love the guy, but I don't think Marshan does unless he closes out with another cup. If he can get a second cup with this team, uh, mm-hmm. um, he might, but I don't, I don't necessarily see it. Like, I think you get Bergeron's the best two way player of all time, or at least of his generation. If you want to start there, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not of all time, but at least of his generation. I mean, the guy's got, he might be all time. He's got the most selkies for a reason. I think so it is he, all time. And, so and he, by the way, he's going to win that trophy again this year. So then he, there you go. You got six. So yeah, Bergeron gets his number retired because of that. Uh, Char is going to get his number retired because he's the captain of our Stanley Cup team. Yep. And then again, as much as I like, don't really care for Tuka Rask, um, you know, career it was a very very uh well decorated career when it comes to the stats and that will get him into the hall of fame and because of that i don't think you can have a guy in the hall of fame and not retire his number fair enough i can't argue that point um all right on that note uh thank you all for listening to episode 26 um of the something's brewing podcast as always brought to you in partnership with the black and gold productions llc you can follow them on twitter at bng productions you can follow zach on twitter at zach underscore sullivan 22 and you can follow myself on twitter at underscore mike sullivan and with that being said we'll catch you all next week peace clown what did you just say i said you're recording a bruins podcast in a mighty ducks hat and a penguins sweater you're a fucking clown but you're telling me right now that this ducks hat isn't the sickest vintage ducks hat you've seen and this pittsburgh penguins crew neck isn't the sickest vintage 90s pittsburgh penguins crew neck that you've ever seen I mean, it's absolutely disgusting that you're wearing. Look at that. The- <laughs> I don't care how fucking cool it is. Yeah, a cool 90, like, four Mario Lemieux jersey is sick looking. I would never be caught dead wearing it. <laughs>